0: Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen.
1: And me, Kate Thompson.
0: And we're back for another quarantine episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weird times calls for weird tales. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't. We're see dancing folk. on the
1: Google Hangout right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, we're dancing on Google Hangout. <laughs> and I'm on a swivel chair, so it's really it's really fluid. Uh, <laughs> we had a great time doing it live. We thank again all of our listeners and followers for joining us. Um, yeah. on the podcast last week when we recorded live on instagram that was a lot of fun don't know when we'll be doing that again if we do we will let you know um but for now we're just uh me and kate are in our separate bedrooms recording yeah <laughs> like yeah. the rest <laughs> like the rest of the world on anything now uh podcast or like streaming wise it feels i mean late night shows are now recording from their homes yeah i watched uh John Oliver, and he's just recording it's from a so white room. Yeah, it really yeah. is.
1: <laughs> he's just like quietly <laughs> delivering jokes.
0: Yeah. I do, I do like find it funny that he is making jokes that he expects an audience, even like jokes that maybe aren't the funniest, but he knows that if he had a live audience, they would at least chuckle. Yeah. And him just leaning into that is very funny to me. <laughs> I'm sure that's
1: just like, that's like the thing about late night writing too, is like they probably are trained to do that it's like how else do we write a joke like nobody's (laughs) nobody's used to writing a joke for somebody who's talking to no one
0: exactly it's crazy it is crazy I do love though that we're all just sort of persevering and like not just shutting down you know what I mean we're like yeah we're we're all pivoting and doing that and I love it yeah Um, it again it's gonna be a while before things are back to you know quote um normal but it's at least we're like we're 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 adapting, I guess. It's the best yeah. word. So, yeah. It's like us. You know what I mean? Look at us. Look at us.
1: Look at us. <laughs> us. Can't can't <laughs> kill all crap a Hellboy podcast.
0: <laughs> no, you can't. We took a couple <laughs> of weeks off, that's it, but we're back, baby. <laughs> uh, With twice
1: the heads. I yeah. don't know. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
0: know. I love it. Are you mean you were you referencing us like hydras? We're like a hydra?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess I was that's what I was going for. I don't know. It didn't work that well. I love well. it.
0: Hey, you know, it took me a moment, but then I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of our um listeners who joined us last uh week for the live um recording, he sent us an email. There was a segment where he asked us about uh our moment on the podcast, which I ended up um, cutting just for time, where he asked us about if we were covering the Injustice um, 2 video game in which Hellboy actually is featured, which we have looked at before. Alex, uh, uh, a friend of the podcast, has sent us a clip of it. But um, this listener and follower, Josh, uh, Joshua Brooks, he ended up sending us um, an email in response to our last episode. So I wanted to cover that in a segment we love called. Oh, boy, email. email. <laughs> uh, his email is titled, Great Stream and Stay Safe. Yeah. He says, yeah, thank you. He says, hey, guys, hope you're both safe and well. Writing this just after you finished the stream on Instagram, I just wanted to say it was just the surprise I needed to stay stave off the cabin fever. All right. Nice. Cool. Yeah. As I, I love that. We're here. I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons I wanted to get back in after a little postponement was because I need this too to stay fucking sane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said. Continues. As I also asked whether you guys would be featuring Hellboy's appearance in Injustice Two, I have enclosed a few links to videos which will hopefully give you enough of a feel for how he was portrayed in the game without having to sh- shell out for the game. Although, I will say it is a great fighting game, so feel free if that's that's your gaming thing.
1: I think I Ooh. will try it. I haven't played a, a, er, a fighting game in a long time.
0: Great. The last one I got was Street Fighter, I think, 4 or 5 that was on the PlayStation.
1: Yeah, 4 and came out like a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, and it might have been
1: 5
0: then, or I can't remember. It was really intense. I tried to get into it, and I realized
1: I just wasn't that guy i you have to commit time to street fighter at this point like you have to like memorize like you have to really be i don't know like deft of fucking hand and shit to do anything yeah it's hard it's hard as shit it's so fun though like the animations are really fun and like i love the look of street Fighter still 100
0: percent agree with you on that i just think like i'm probably never going to be able to um be a guitarist, I'll never be a gamer in that degree.
1: <laughs> yeah, to that like echelon of gaming, it's like you really have to be super dexterous. My hands are already like feeling very old. <laughs> I took apart our old bed frame and built a new one and like using the little allen wrench all day, my hand feels like it's going to fall off, dude. <laughs> well,
0: it did hurts. you get the bed together? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Good, it looks good. great. <laughs> great. Love it. Yeah, little thing middle minimal things can be hard on the hands. It's tough. I when I started working out with Beth, I now have calluses like every few days from the weights and stuff. You're a
1: tough man.
0: I'm trying to be. <laughs> Even though I still think I have a gummy bear body.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that as a description for a body. I think I might I might steal that.
0: Yeah, this might be too much information, but I got out of the shower the other day, and that's the first thought I had when I saw myself in the mirror. It was like
1: a gummy bear. <laughs>
0: a gu- I have a gummy bear body.
1: <laughs> We're
0: like, gonna start using that, dude. Cause look at a gummy bear. It's not like he's like obese or like. It's just like enough on the gummy bear. He's like just
1: soft torso.
0: He's just soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I think I have. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you're stronger than a gummy bear though.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> 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 um, uh, I don't
0: know. Did you want to check out these these videos he said? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Which one do you want to look at first? Let's see. Um uh, my is uh... playing. Let me turn off the audio. Um I'm pulling out I just clicked the trailer for the first one for Injustice yeah, Two Hellboy sh- trailer. Check um, it out. We can both be viewing it at the same time we don't we're not covering the audio or anything I'm just doing it without sound just so I get an idea of this ooh ominous T for team this might be more than what we've actually covered so I think Josh thanks for sending these all over We got okay we got some electric guy getting attacked uh, oh Raiden it's Raiden classic Raid. I didn't realize they pulled in Mortal Kombat ooh Oh no, that's what's his name. What's that character? The Manta Manta guy. I, I saw oh, him in Aquaman. He's from he's from DC. Cause these are all mainly DC characters. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: He's uh oh, fucking shit. like Manta Ray or some shit. He's like a he's like a oh, it's
0: pretty cool when he catches um, like the missile. Hellboy catches the. What the missile. fuck is he
1: in Young Justice?
0: Lights his cigarettes. He light his cigarettes, his cigarettes.
1: Thanks for the light, pal. That's fun, Black Manta. That's Black
0: Manta. I just know him from because I finally watched the Aquaman movie, and what a little stinker for me, at least. You know, people, other people might love it. For me, stinker.
1: It was a crazy movie. Like, at least it, you know, at the very least, it was crazy to watch.
0: Yeah, visually I do like that
1: he lights handed. his little cigarette with a rocket. I think that's pretty fun. I'm with you. I think that's very fun,
0: and the design's cool. It, like for like a, uh, yeah. a video game animated Hellboy, I think it's pretty great. And I like, I like that he's his, not too um, swol.
1: I like his voice too.
0: I wonder who the voice actor is for it. I don't know. Uh, I moved on to the character introducing Hellboy character one. Oh, yeah. Which I think is the one we might have previously seen before.
1: I think we did. What is this the one where he, I bet he falls through the floor?
0: Yeah, he's fighting like a red demon guy. Yeah, I don't know DC monotaur? well enough to know. I don't know if it's. But then he it cuts to him fighting a cyborg now. Um, Sweet. he's pounding him. His, his, I mean, his right hand of doom is fucking awesome. Oh, there's yeah, like an image while you're really fighting cool. and his horns come up and he has the crown. That's really fucking cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, he had Excalibur into... there.
0: Oh, that's very cool. I mean, I gotta say, like, if you're into fighting games and you love Hellboy, this is fuck. You should, you should buy It looks it. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he like shoots from the hip
1: sometimes. Like,
0: yes, that is cool.
1: I'm, he said crap, which you gotta love.
0: We love the crap. Anytime Hellboy says crap, we here, especially here, love it.
1: <laughs> they like they like jazzed up his uh, duster. Oh yeah, they really did.
0: He's like he has like some tactical like elements to it, or like some... yeah,
1: it has like texture.
0: Yeah, I like it. Did you see the part where he picked up an alligator and threw it at the other guy? <laughs> yeah, this, is,
1: this game looks fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and now I get to the very end
0: where he like. He does like throw him down into a pits of hell. That's pretty fucking sweet. Cool. Oh, those, yeah, those hits horns in the, the cracks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that
0: red guy is supposed to be dark, like a different version of Darkseed or not. I don't know. I don't know the don't game know well enough. He had a
1: cat, he had a cat on his shoulder at the beginning. All right. I'm p- clicking up on the third video he sent us. Yeah, let's check this. Uh
0: out. but that those first images, man again, if you wanted to play as Hellboy fighting other characters. That in what we just watched would have completely sold me. Yeah, from buying the video game if I was a gamer and a Hellboy fan. Oh, this one's like this next video is like intros, dialogue, character banter. So, oh, there's two Hellboys talking to each other, which is hilarious. Oh, that's fun. It's like
1: <laughs> him versus him.
0: He just threw a cigarette at him, at him with his right hand you doom. You're, you're listening to the audio. What is he saying? I have my audio off right now. Cause my mic will pick Preach it up. Preach
1: into the choir. <laughs> well, in that case, let's do this. There's
0: so much. It's like 38 minutes. This video we can't watch all of it. It's like 38 minutes of
1: Hellboy banter. <laughs> so where in the hell are you from? Does it matter? We're still fighting. <laughs> I like a he little bit of. He calls him a, a smartest. Flick a cigarette at him. yeah there's a lot of banter it looks like there's a yeah it's 38 minutes so you know yeah
0: i think we could move on but i'll come back to it when we're not recording
1: (laughs) uh the last oh, he has it's like each bit of banter is like customized to the person he's fighting oh that's That's cool pretty fucking cool
0: i do like that that's probably for like That's a well-designed game if they're doing that. I love it. Yeah, that's
1: really, that's really cool. I love that. What a cool detail. Very cool. Character ending. What's this bad boy? I think this is like his fatality in a sense, I guess.
0: I don't know. I don't play the game. Let's see. I'm, I'm, he's fighting cyborg or no, it's Brainiac. It looks like it's Brainiac. He's fighting. I know some DC characters. Um, Brainiac's a classic, uh, Superman villain. He's great.
1: I remember him from the animated series. I think the animated series was like the most Superman I ever got into.
0: Right. I've only just select comics like Grant Morrison when he writes.
1: But again, this game looks incredible.
0: I mean, visually, it's beautiful. Ooh, this is cool. Like an animated um, comic book version that's sort of inspired by Mignola style.
1: Yeah, this is awesome.
0: I'm not listening to the, uh, I guess. Oh, I guess I can see it has subtitles on my part. Taking Brainiac certainly got folks' attention. <laughs> oh wow, this is like the very end, I guess. I guess an in injustice. Your f- uh, the final boss is Brainiac. I'm guessing.
1: I guess so. Yeah, it looks like it's all like DC villains that you're beating the shit out of.
0: Yeah, and you put them in. You put like Two Face and Mad Hatter and like yeah, Red you put them, them all in the same paddy wagon.
1: <laughs> paddy wagon.
0: Yeah. It's not a smart idea. I feel like they could all work together to get out of that paddy wagon. A very tactical Batman's Batman. up there in the
1: shadows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, he went back to Africa. Well, I I wonder when this game takes place. Is it right before he is this in between conqueror worm and he quit and then had to deal with Gotham villains and then went on his excursion to Africa? (laughs) It's funny to think that. All right. It feels like that's what they were attempting to do is like put the story right before he went to Africa, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, like the comments are like, go to Africa, get imprisoned in the sea again, continue this comic book storyline. Yeah, like it looks like big Hellboy fans are super into it in all the comments, too.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean, I think it is that Mike
1: Mignola's artwork at the end.
0: I don't I can't tell. It could be. It doesn't. It looks looks like it's more inspired. But not.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think too. By the time this game, it was mo- it didn't look as simple as what he has evolved into. That's why I don't think it feels more comic book, very traditionally comic book, than a mignola. Oh yeah.
1: And for Josh me, says in his eye. email, he's like, in my opinion, it's the best work done for Hellboy I've ever heard and feel uh, I've ever heard and feel the makers of the game nailed his personality. I think so too. I think that his like voice acting was really awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm going we'll to up look the up the name a, of the actor.
0: Yeah, see if you can find that, because that's what I was curious about, is who really was doing with such a great voice. And I'll, as you're doing that, I'm going to read the list of uh, Josh's email. He says, my only issue with the game is that his right hand of Doom switches hands depending on if he is on the left side or the right side of the screen. I understand, oh. yeah, I get... Uh, I think that's all of those kind of games. Like if they have a predominant weapon, it usually switches the arm. It's
1: I wonder just... if that was just like a program it like maybe that saved them money somehow to like program it that way.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But I think like
1: I'd have that to That is look... I I've yeah, I, I don't know why you can't like with all the other every other aspect of the game looks so well done and well put together. I don't know why you would have to like limit yourself to I don't know, like to her switch it. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think it might even be just a visual design thing. I'd like to look at other characters to see if like, like if their main switch. Yeah. Like if they have a gun, does it always on the outside towards the audience? To like
1: show it off.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they ever put it in the, any weapon in the, in the background. Yeah. Versus keeping it always on the arm that's on the foreground.
1: Oh, the um, the voice actor's name is Michael Leon Woolley. and he also does Dark Seed in the game.
0: Ah, uh, well, he did great job. He did a sir. great job. Good job. Hopefully, you work forever.
1: <laughs> and then
0: Josh continues. He says, "Feel free to take your time with any reply, as I know current events are probably making it hard to create your weekly shows. Yes, but we're overcoming it." And then he says, lastly, as always, great podcast. Keep up the hard work and hope you're both and all Hellcasters slash crappers are safe and well. All the best, Josh. Thanks,
1: thanks, Josh. Josh, thanks for watching the Instagram thing, too.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on there and joining us on the live. Thanks for this great email that was immediately following that up. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And thanks for sharing those links going. Uh, that was great. Yeah, awesome. Those were more than what I thought we previously covered. So you were right, Josh, to send those.
1: Thank you. Hell yeah.
0: Go buy that game if you're interested, people. It's a great fun game, especially if you're a big Hellboy fan. I uh, think I
1: will. I think I'm going to uh, buy it.
0: Can't wait to see you play it.
1: Although I'm playing uh, I'm playing Animal Crossing and Fallout 76. <laughs> I'm, I'm really I'm turning into a pale kid.
0: Oh, yeah, I hear you. Pl- I mean, I'm doing Mario Party. And uh, link to the past, so which I've beaten in the port in the past, (laughs) and that brings us right into a great segment which we love. We get to share new things coming down the pipeline in the comic world and otherwise Hellboy universe. It's hell to pay. Yay. Yeah. We want you to spend money during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we're, we're talking about, this comes from a link um, from bleedingcool.com. I'm not very familiar with the source, uh, the original, what this is spinning off of. Um, meaning Mignola and Christopher Golden have, have a comic book series and novels, I believe, called Baltimore. This is a, a book yeah. coming on June. I believe the first issue is coming out in June. Um, if I am, June tenth is actually from Dark Horse Comics. This is called Lady Baltimore. I honestly don't know much about it, just because I'm not caught up on Baltimore or any of the mythos uh, behind it. Yeah. Um, I know it's like vampire related. Oh, great. That sounds fun. The cover, I think, is very pretty that they have posted around here.
1: Yeah, it looks cool. And,
0: of course, I think Michelle Madsen, which we've seen her, she's doing letters for it. It shows on the cover. This is something I think just, you know, if you're a Mignola fan, you should do it. Oh, Michelle Madsen's doing colors. Sorry, not letters, colors. The covers, the cover, the beautiful covers by Abigail Larson. It's good. it's gonna be a five-issue run spin-off out of the McNeil's original Baltimore series. And the art the main artist is Bridget Connell. This awesome. is what it just says about the description of the book. It says her name was Sophia Volk. Once she lived in an Estonian village before the evil came. But when Europe erupted with the early battles of World War II, it was time for Sophia Volk to embrace her destiny as Lady Baltimore. In time, Sophia Volk became Lord Baltimore's most trusted ally, but without him, she must take on the fight herself. Can she fight monsters without becoming a monster herself? Lady Baltimore takes place 13 years after the events of Baltimore the Red Kingdom, the final Baltimore series in which the Red King amassed power on his way to the Vatican, coronation while his armies swept across Europe in an unholy war. Mm. So it sounds interesting. I, I mean, I got to catch up on yeah. all of it, but I'll probably pick it up just because I'm curious. Um, I would also just just a plug for another great yeah. website. If you want to know more about this, and I believe it's called The Outer Verse. It's part of the Mignolaverse. Um, I read a little bit of a, if you check out Mignola, um, Mignolaverse.com or Mignot um they they write up a lot cool. about this stuff I might have my references wrong I'll probably you know somebody will call me out for having it wrong I just don't have the link up but you should check out those websites people really write about the whole mignoliverse in detail so check that out um sweet so. good stuff um, the next one that um, I want to uh, talk about is also from bleedingcool.com this is cool. It's like a it's a crossover. Mignola's Hellboy crosses over with Steve Mannion's Fearless Dawn. I'm not familiar with Steve Mannion. Are you?
1: No, I don't think so. I like this cover though. It's really yeah. Fun. The cover
0: is really cool art. I'm assuming this is Steve Mannion's um, art.
1: Steve Mannion.
0: Yeah, his art looks all reminds me of very early days like Tank Girl and stuff. But I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with his art. He looks like he's being published through Eric Powell's Albatross Funny Books. So that's where he gets connected up. But it looks like um, a wartime zombie fighting masterpiece is what Fearless Dawn is. So it looks like Zombies and Hellboy, which, you know, that's a good combo. And this is going to be coming in June as well. It's a one-off. On June 17th, it's scheduled to go um to come out. So. The cover is very cool, just like Hellboy pointing with his big right hand of Doom in a Jeep with this kick-ass uh, hero, this heroine. And um, I don't, I'm don't, i not familiar with that character, but they're just rolling over some fucking zombies and looks like some Nazi, a Nazi woman down there too with a machine gun. I like his art. Yeah, I think his art's really cool. So something definitely to check out. Something I'll probably definitely hopefully have in my folds but it's uh yeah it looks like his original steve mannion's came from asylum press so some very cool stuff the fearless ones let me read what it says here now in june mignola is uh, is crossing over his hellboy with the fearless ones so that's what they're called the fearless ones from fearless dawn yeah i'll definitely have uh to check this out for sure very cool very cool and then lastly, this is very recent. Um, Baltimore, which we just spoke about, Lady Baltimore. Now, Baltimore has an omnibus coming out. Baltimore Omnibus Volume 2. It's expected to hit bookstores on April 7th. I'm not sure if that got pushed back with everything um, with COVID 19 and all that. But Baltimore Omnibus Volume 2 is coming out, but it has an exclusive new, um, like, eight page storyline which is very cool. Um, that story is called Monstrous, and it looks like um, the main character from Baltimore is fighting pretty much King Kong. And they just give, like, they show a couple of images from that comic, and it's very cool just watching Baltimore fight a giant ape. Definitely King Kong gets an upper hand very quickly. So it's very cool. <laughs> it's something, I, I mean, I'll have to read Baltimore and then maybe buy this omnibus in order to... Uh, yeah, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, it's very cool. I like I like when omnibuses have something a little extra in them rather than just a slew of the collection, which we all want and we all love those presses. But when you get a little extra bonus storyline, it's even better.
1: It is nice. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's it. That's it for Hell to Pay. A lot of just new comic book stuff that we should all check out and hopefully we can get in or mailed to us from our local comic book shops. Keep ourselves yeah. sane while we have to social, you know, be so locked away from each other,
1: and keep comic shops going. It must be harder than ever for them, right? Yeah, now. Yeah,
0: I'm really bummed. On my local shop, um, Secret Headquarters, they sent me like two weeks ago. They sent me what was in my polls, so I got to be caught up on Fantastic Four and X Men currently by Hickman, um, and Fantastic Four nice. with Dan Slott. But then, like Diamond Distributors has gone has shut down for the time being, apparently. So so there's really no new comic books going out right now. I think maybe uh, Midtown Comics is probably still distributing. I could be corrected on that. But over here on the West Coast, I think we're sort of, we are definitely uh, out of luck. So it's a bummer. But if you do have a local comic book shop, support them, support them, support them. All right. Um Well, I think it's time, Kate. That was hell to pay. Hope everybody goes out and purchases those. I think it's time to talk about this episode's three stories we're going to cover from Weird Tales. Yeah. (laughs) I'll hand it over to you to guide us through these. The first one we're going to be covering is called Hot. Take it away, Kate.
1: Yeah. Hot. So Hot was a non-canonical story, like as they all are, if I'm not mistaken, uh, published in Hellboy Weird Tales number two, the story is by Randy Stradley and the art is by Sung Kim, uh, lettered by Michelle Madsen and edited by Scott Alley. Originally published back in April, uh, April twenty third, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's like an all pencil comic. Like it's not like there's no inking or coloring at yeah. all, which I always thought was cool like as a kid I would always buy like if I saw like X-Men was doing that like they would publish issues that were like entirely in pencil and just as a little kid who drew I was like oh this is great I love this
0: oh that's awesome yeah I mean they do a lot of collections that are like called the artists like version or something where they just they strip everything out and they just do the pencils. yeah sometimes I'm into that sometimes I'm more of like, I like it the way it was meant to be viewed, but you know.
1: That's true. Like, it's definitely, I think like the final product, like you really see that the whole team of artists that work on the comic, you know, the, like the, everybody who inks and colors, like brings so much to the finished product. Um, But uh, yeah, Sung Kim does a great job on these pencils. Like they're really beautiful to see on their own. It's a
0: gorgeous looking story.
1: Yeah. Like this may not be my favorite, like interpretation of Hellboy, uh, just like physically or whatever. Yeah. Like he's very, very buff, you know? And, but I mean, a lot of people interpret him in that way. For sure. Just like super cut abs and shit. (laughs) But I think that's just like, probably this artist's like, I don't know. That's probably just like what they're used to drawing as a comic book artist, and it does look great. Yeah, and I um, think I think like his pencil work is like really, like there's like a lot of subtle like values and like, uh, it's it's really beautiful. Like it's a truly beautiful comic. That, uh, yeah, I, I it's it is kind of nice to see. Like, all of the weird tales, it's nice to see Hellboy interpreted by different artists, even if it's not something that I totally, you know, that I find to be, like, aesthetically my thing. But it's still just interesting to see everyone's interpretation.
0: I'm with you on that. Like, you know, people see it differently. Um, And it sometimes works wonderful for you. Sometimes it's confusing, but...
1: Yeah. Like, dipping his, like, hoof in the water, I think, is really cool. Like, you get a cool kind of, like it's like a fun shot. Like you get to see this, like Hellboy taking this like delicate step. Um, it's a very
0: like in the smallest way. Cause we've never really seen him do that. It's a, it's another aspect that in a small detail that makes him more human than we uh, more human. It humanizes him. I yeah. love it. it. Probably my favorite panel. Yeah. But we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well he's, so basically he shows up to this, uh, uh, I guess um uh it's in Shuzen Japan, winter nineteen sixty seven, and uh, excuse me uh Shuzenji Japan, cool. winter nineteen sixty seven, and yeah they have you know they have a problem <laughs> with a well, <the> uh, monster <laughs> that's been
0: eating people that have been taking that have been uh, going yeah. to their springs,
1: a tengu infestation he calls it. And they're like, cool, well, let's get some tea. And he's like, no, no, I'm going straight to work. And he gets, he goes to the hot spring, which is also like drawn beautifully. You get like a bunch of cool angles in this one, too. Like there's a lot of really crazy, like overhead kind of shots here. And like, then you get like an extreme, like low shot of Hellboy looking up at this archway as he walks through it. Yeah, there's a lot of like really fun panels in here. And yeah, Hellboy gets into the hot spring and. Uh, you know, a hot babe shows up and is like, "Welcome to my hot spring, isn't it great?" Yeah. And then you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's tango time, and so she's just like, she's like, "The hot spring was so cool. You're just like your father," and he's like, "My father," which I also don't totally know what she mean, like why she references father. Like I don't know if she is referring to his demon father or referring to like the townspeople that come to the spring. Well, I'm trying to think uh, off the top of
0: my head of what year did seed of destruction happen? Cause I'm like, I, I should have looked this up immediately, but I was like, Oh, what is the year that seed of destruction? Because I'm assuming this story takes place. Oh, seed of Destruction's like the nineties. Duh. So he hasn't found out about his lineage yet. So this moment to him is confusing
1: about his like parents. Yeah. So
0: either his father, he's not aware that like oh I of his demon father yet, and
1: also yeah he
0: could be like the only father he knows is Broom. So either way, it's fucking weird for this random naked naked yeah, it's Japanese like, how, why woman. Why would you bring this yeah. up? It's just like, huh?
1: And you get this really cool close up shot, like a very dramatic close up of Hellboy's like eyes and nose. And his ear with like this super dramatic light kind of like flashing over his ear. And his eyes, I think, are really cool. They're like little, sort of like silhouetted, like just circles. His entire iris Mm -hmm. is like glowing white. And it's very cool looking. And then she touches his horn, like the bait, like the flat part of his horn, the stump, and it starts to grow. Like just one of the horns starts to grow. She's sort of like, I think it's kind of like, She's, like, insinuating some, like, sexual shit. Like, she wants him to stay at the hot spring. I could do things for you, make you feel things. And, yeah. like, you know, touches his horn and it instantly, like, shoots up into this crazy fucking horn. Where it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I get it. And then um, Hellboy, like, pushes her away. Uh, she, you know, is, like, fully transforming into her demon Tingu self. He did push
0: her away. He fucking backhands her harsh yeah he does yeah
1: (laughs) yeah smacks her super hard she like does like the very evil thing of tasting her blood for a second you know and then she another great cool like um like a reminiscent of like uh manga comics where it's like the flat the super fast like action lines that have hellboy in the center just to indicate that like it's almost like we're seeing Hellboy from her perspective. Like sh- she's shooting up into this huge creature. She's transforming super quickly. So like we see that kind of like zooming away from Hellboy shot, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. And like this cool, like uh, like water drenched, you know, monstrous kind of demon is revealed itself and it's true form or whatever. And Hellboy now has to bash it and we get some awesome like fight scene stuff. He picks up the like the post that he had hung his clothes on and like slashes the thing's hand off and like, you know, silhouetted by the moon's punches it in the eye and all this goop flies. Yeah, it's a very
0: Amblin uh, logo, the E.T. logo, but with Hellboy punching a monster. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. And you get a little shine, like a little like shiny action, but from the like little crevice where his jacket meets his pants (laughs) pants
0: that <laughs> looks it really cool good, pretty
1: yeah and so he's just kind of like you know it's like fight talking where he's sort of like sp- smashing this thing but the thing is still like if you were anyone else this would end differently but in deference to your heritage i will depart oh yeah so she must be talking about his like demonic yeah, heritage. she I definitely
0: clarifies it
1: yeah she must be like okay you're you're like a demon and i can- i shouldn't kill you because you're like Probably the key to the apocalypse is like her thought. And then she says the villagers can have their bath, but they can no longer have me. So I guess it's like the healing properties of the bath won't work anymore because she just wanted to give that to the locals. But then they started selling it to these tourists and she didn't like that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. And then so she like recedes back into the water and is gone. And then the the like mayor and the... Hennessy, I think his name is, the like guy who brought him yeah. here, kind of come back. They're like, what happened? Uh, the villagers have their hot spring back, but the, I don't think it'll ever be the same. What about you? Ditto. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, and then like a fun shot of just his horn that had grown. Nothing a little... Uh, uh, excuse me. Nothing. Nothing a good saw won't fix.
0: <laughs> good last line.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like how... I also like... There's like just cool little details like you can tell this artist is like does a lot of figure drawing like um, when you see the back of Hellboy's head his head has like these like cranial bumps like you know like bumps that we all have on our yeah. heads but like m- m- maybe like not every comic book artist would depict that way and I think it it just like looks really beautiful That being said, this Tengu has huge titties, which are crazy, (laughs) like crazy. Like there's it's a funny like mashup of like realistic, like life drawing, like figure drawing and like crazy manga kind of action, you know, titties included. Yeah. Like the action lines are all very like awesome manga looking action lines. And uh, yeah, I I thought it was great. You know, it's there's not much going on, but it's like. It's got a lot of the fun stuff that you want out of Hellboy. It's got like a cool battle. It's got like a demon who you can kind of like see their side of things and be like, "Okay, I get why you're pissed."
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Even though it's not canon, yeah. it's one that I could easily slip in and be like, "Oh yeah, that I, it doesn't it doesn't change anything. It just seems like a a little uh, adventure that just like an, an assignment he was sent on." And it has no yeah. major repercussions, but it's
1: just... I could see this, like, fitting into the Hellboy story if, yeah, like, being canon if it's, you know, if Mignola had written it. I guess the only thing that it, it, that really distinguishes it, I mean, uh, it, besides the obvious, like, art style is, like, drastically different from Mignola's writing-wise. It's, like, slightly more sexual than we've ever seen Hellboy, I guess. Yeah. It's, like, you know, the character is, like, Depicted in a very like sensual way and like there's like a lot of like sexual insinuation that I think like Mignola pretty much steers clear of like he doesn't really depict Hellboy in like a sexual way a lot of times like he might have like romantic stuff happening but like he's pretty tame as far as like sexual content is concerned. Yeah, I would
0: 100% agree. And I I also yeah. think this this story verges on that cliche that like, ooh, women use sexuality as it was like as a like as a, a weapon and that's how this monster yeah, is going to yeah. do it is by seduction. It's not that, it's not that that can't work and like we haven't seen it in the past, but it's just sort of becomes it's become something that's just I don't even know if it's shot like Looked down upon is the right word, but it's just like it just doesn't feel inspired. I guess it's
1: like, especially with like, I think with Asian women characters in particular, there's like a huge, there's like this big thing of like they're depicted in very narrow ways. Like there's like this dragon lady trope, mm-hmm. there's like a, it's like a hypersexualized trope, like kind of like what we see in the hot spring when she shows up. So yeah, I would say this kind of falls into that. It's also like 2003. So it's like probably the midst of that really fucking happening in a big way. I love the, how the monster looks, but I do kind of wish that when she transformed into the monster, that she still looked kind of feminine, maybe like, you know, like still like muscly and gross, but like, like the creature that she turns into is essentially male. Like, the muscular structure and shit is, like, super male. And when she transforms back, she almost has, like, two bodies. Like, it's sort of a combination of this male body and this female body. Unless that's, like, an element of Tengu that I'm not familiar with. Like, I haven't done a ton of research on this kind of creature or anything. Yeah, I
0: agree, though. I mean, I don't know that either the research on Tengu is either. But with the separation, it does feel like the, the, the woman form is really just a tactic versus like if yeah. it was fully embodied it's like
1: an angler fish has like the bright shiny thing to draw fish in it's like this sexy lady is just like the angle angler fish <laughs> appendage that draws people in yeah
0: exactly
1: which yeah
0: it just it's demeaning if you really break it down
1: <laughs> but yeah i i think like i think like for its time it's like you know uh, there are already such like in it's it's interesting in that like less than 20 years there have been such huge strides in like just I don't know just like getting away from that kind of not that it's like lazy but it's just been done like it's been done we've seen characters like that and there's just room for so much more nuance, even in a short comic. I think. Yes. So yeah, it's it, it's like interesting to look at as like a thing from 2003, and it and it's like undeniably like beautifully drawn. And I already
0: yeah. mentioned and teased that my favorite, I think, is the hoof ripple in causing a dip into the the hot spring and causing a ripple. I think that panel is my yeah. Absolute that was favorite. really cool. It's like that small detail.
1: It, I feel like it's tied between that one and like. Him punching the big face with the moon behind it. I think that just looks really
0: cool. Yeah, that one's great. And I also love... I like the one that you pointed out, like the close-up on his eyes.
1: Um, yeah, that one's awesome. That's, yeah. That,
0: that the Just the, the simplicity of just the, the light in the eyes is great. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's a very uh, cool, interesting story. Very simple. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed reading it for sure. I definitely like... It's up there with one of my favorite ones that we've read of weird tales so far. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And then let's see. We're All right. So the
0: next, sorry. we're moving on to the next one. The next one is called oh, yeah. The Children of the Black Mound. Um,
1: Children of the Black Mound. Yeah. Uh,
0: this one, I'm just going uh, I'm, yeah, I'm to preface that this is a short story, and it felt like I was reading a Russian novel. <laughs>
1: It did feel like that. It was like so dark and, and dense. Like, like the yeah, it was very. There was a lot of dialogue, um, you know. And it's it, it's not like it was terrible, but it's like it's also like very dour and like depressing. Yeah, you know? like I mean, it's I mean, yeah, it definitely feels very like I don't know. It's uh, well, let me let me yeah, read the tell little, us about it thingy about it. Children of the Black Mound, another non-canonical story published uh, in Hellboy Weird Tales number one, written by Fabian Nikiza and drawn by Stefano Raphael. And uh, it was colored by Ilana Sanjust and lettered by Michael Heisler, edited by Scott Alley. And that was back February 26, 2003. So yeah, it's like a... It's not really like a Hellboy story. Hellboy doesn't appear in it at all. We have Baba Yaga, which I think, like, probably appealed to the author more with their, like, sense like, they must just have an interest in, like, Russian or, like, European folklore. Yes,
0: I agree. That's what it feels like. Because
1: I feel like that's what the story is, like, way more about, like, Christianity in, you know, Christianity coming to a place that has, like, old religions and those old religions sort of, like, still lingering even when fewer and fewer people believe in yeah. them. it's sort of the like feel of this story. We have like Baba Yaga crouched over this cross-shaped gravestone, which is like a pretty cool image. It reminds me of like a Spider-Man drawing in a way, like the way that she's crouched.
0: Yes, um, or like even a Gothic yeah. Batman too.
1: <laughs> yeah totally totally um it's definitely like the style is more like the art style feels very batman to me like it feels like a 90s batman kind of thing yeah the,
0: the use of um, dark the darks and the shadows very much so
1: yeah a lot of like strong strong black shadows it even reminds um, me
0: specifically of like uh the storyline with bane and i cannot think of the story nightfall it specifically art reminds oh, me of yeah nightfall, the one where yeah where he breaks yeah. his back and everything
1: Yeah, the back. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. It it feels like more like a yeah, like a sort of like when I think of like 90s comics, this feels the the look of it is very much like that. And yeah, we have like a like a priest of some kind or a bishop, like some, you know, uh, a man of some rank in this Christian church, like speaking to, I guess, his students like a bunch of like young men. And he's telling the story about how children in the village went missing. And it's kind of like a thing. He's basically just talking about like Christianity is coming in, but people are still nostalgic for their old gods and monsters and stuff, even though it's like, they're horrifying, Mm -hmm. I guess. (laughs) We see like a cool sequence of a kid going out into the woods and then like another child's arm pops up through the ground And grabs him and then Baba Yaga emerges. A very monstrous looking Baba Yaga with like super like predator sort of teeth and stuff like that. And she like drags the kid. The Black Mound welcome those who still want to believe. (laughs) But they wouldn't come at all if they hadn't forgotten me, forsaken me. For that they must be punished. And she like smashes the kid's head into the ground. So yeah, just like. It's sort of a like I hate when when monsters do that and stuff. It's like, well, damned if I do and damned if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I believed in you enough to come here, but I not enough to, you know, I, I don't know, be kept alive or something. Yeah. It's like, um, what are your
0: rules, goddammit?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the at one point one of his one of this like bishop's students, Yosef, like is asking him questions, kind of trying to I can't really tell what exactly he's like. I can't really tell what he's like getting at exactly. You preach the need for communal self-reliance. He says, I would think you of all people would appreciate today's sermon. The Baba Yaga took those who stopped believing in her. God could not help those who would not help themselves. One's weakness is the other's strength. Like, I don't totally get what the author is, like, trying to say here exactly. Like, is,
0: and I'm like, is the flashback supposed to be a young him? It's, I'm very confused.
1: I think the flashback is a young, this priest as a younger Okay, that makes sense. Like, when all the kids disappear and he's like, he's like, it's okay, you gotta believe in God. And they're like, no, fucking Baba Yaga's here taking kids today, so fuck you. So I guess basically the priest is like, do you, what, what do you believe in? You gotta believe in... Something or what, and it ends up that Yosef believes in himself so he can go defeat Baba Yaga in some way. Like, he goes out to the Black Mound, she comes out to attack him, and you know, talks about how, like, oh, nobody comes out to visit, Russia is passing me by, but still, I cling to what it was. And then he like smashes her into the Black Mound for her to be dragged down by the children that she put in there. Because I believe in me. (laughs) The country had seen black myths supplanted by faith and would soon see faith supplanted by red steel. Yosef would grow and never forget where the bodies were buried, but he would take their names to his grave.
0: Yeah, like it's just so bleak. so heavy and so like it's just so heavy handed that I almost. But I get lost in the heavy handedness of it. I get like I'm like, I don't get what. I don't understand what I'm supposed to walk away with by the end of this story.
1: Yeah, like I guess it's sort of saying like, yeah, like just things kind of come and go. Like these religions come, like are supplanted by by these other like I guess specifically Christianity, and then yeah, and then I guess communism comes. <laughs> I guess and so. Pushes Christianity out. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a dark story. Yeah, but, very. And it's, like, not my favorite, like, I don't dislike the drawings. I do like the drawing of Baba Yaga on the the grave. I-, I like how creepy Baba Yaga looks, although it's, like, not, again, it's, like, I like to see an interpretation of it, but it's not what I would consider my favorite version yeah, for sure. Her. But it's still cool. It's still cool to look at, but. Yeah, I don't see myself like coming back for a fun read of this. No, I think after this, occasion. I'm sort of done. <laughs> I'm all set. I'm all set and, on that. And honestly, I,
0: I don't know if we're going to get to Darkness Calls eventually, but I do think Darkness Calls and going forward into the other storylines, I think they Mignola sort of deals with this idea of Russia, Russia's, Russia's mythology and these creatures like Baba Yaga and, and Dwar, or uh, the fairies and everything being forgotten. I think he deals with it and writes it in a more simple, and I say simple in a good way because it's more eloquently understandable. It,
1: yeah, I think he, he just condenses it so you're not like reading through a ton, like a pastor's sermon. Like you don't have to re- read through this whole thing to understand what's going on yeah
0: he brings it down to like a more of a like a a relatable like feeling that we can all even though we're not the monster we can relate to the monster the this i feel like somebody could be listening right now and be like i know a lot about russian history and russian myths and everything and you know and
1: maybe they would like it more. yeah maybe they would be like
0: but i but okay but it makes me feel like daunted be like wait i have to go do a bunch of reading to understand this comic which is a yeah. short story <laughs> but you know I'm with you Baba Yaga the first image of her is cool the colors are cool I like the coloring throughout so yeah but but I won't be returning to it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, that's all I gotta say I don't really have any favorite panels or dialogue in this one
1: yeah nothing really like stands out too too much um But then uh, this next one I thought was I thought the art was really cool in this next one Big Top. Yeah, um,
0: I wanted to say John Cassidy I think is one of my absolute favorites.
1: He and he's so cool. Like I thought it was really awesome. And the like, um, well, he uh, it doesn't say like who inked it, but I would assume it was also John Cassidy. It's written and illustrated by John Cassidy, colored by Dan Jackson. Lettered by Dan Jackson, edited by Scott Alley, and originally published Hellboy Weird Tales number one, February 26, 2003. And yeah, another non, uh, as always, like non-canonical, but like, yeah, starts out with like, like I I, I like how simple it is. It's like a great BPRD mission with we have like Abe in disguise and Liz (laughs) and Hellboy coming off of a BPRD chopper. I hate the circus. I like how Hellboy is depicted here, too, like. He's a little stockier, like he's still muscular, but he's like kind of a, just a chunk. Yes. You know, like he looks like rather than this like ripped bodybuilder, he looks like a very strong, like, like one of those dudes that compete in like strongman competitions where they're like belly sticks out, but they still have abs somehow. It's it's that working (laughs)
0: man bod.
1: I think it's like a pretty, it's like a, it's like a distinct look. I think that does lend itself to the character. Like, his physicality, uh, you know, it, it, I, it feel, I feel like it fits. And he just, it looks really cool. Like, his, I don't know. It's funny to see Abe in this, like. At first, I missed the, like, initially, I missed the first page of this story and started at where the yeah. title is, Big Top Hellboy, which is at the top of the second page. And I was like, who's this man talking? I thought it was just, like, a blue reflection on his skin. <laughs> and then I didn't realize until, like. You know, now seeing the very first page, there's an obvious panel where it's like clearly Abe. Yeah. I would say he has like his gills visible. And I like
0: that it's a callback to see the destruction because that's the last time we ever see yeah. him use a disguise that I'm that I can remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Hellboy's like he's like nice mask Abe or some shit like that. Like he's like he, oh nice outfit yeah. Abe. <laughs> so basically, this Abe tell Abe like gives Hellboy the rundown. We have a ghost circus here. Back in the day, some kids went missing and people blamed the circus because they hate freaks. They burned the circus down and now the circus is back for revenge. I love it. It's very
0: Freddy (laughs) Krueger-esque.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very fun. And uh, Liz sort of implies that Hellboy has this like something that will help with this mission did you bring it you know and so he taps his like utility belt and it was like yes he reiterates that he hates the circus (laughs) and he walks into this like big top this like ghostly haunted big top and then this like there's like a really cool like psychedelically weird ghost circus that's happening here and like I love that it's all this like monotone it's like all sh- gradients of blue, yeah. like shades of blue. yeah, but the the like line work is really like fun and playful and like the everything's like a little exaggerated. like the tiger stripes are sort of like leaving the tiger like surrounding the tiger in a way. The like elephant's hus tusks like swirl and like move in sort of like unnatural ways and the trunk too like sort of swirls around. There's like dancing skeletons and like horse skeletons and stuff moving yeah, around. And some animals you like acrobats. I love how
0: on some of those elephants there's exposed muscle. It's all the yeah. little details. If you take your time to look at it,
1: there's so much to look at. Yeah. There's like cool, like confetti and everything. And like, it's just awesome looking. And like he, in the first few panels sort of established this look for the BPRD where they have like a lot of like shading and a lot of, You know, like subtle sort of like subtly like filling sort of like building their the forms and the ghosts, while they're still very detailed, don't have a ton of shading. They're just like line work. Yeah. Right. Like it's just like like some of that, like the skeleton, the like skull has like black eye sockets and mouth. But like for the most part, they're like white and light blues, which I think is like a really cool, very unique look for the entire environment to be a white or a light blue. Like you see one ghost depicted as white or light blue sometimes in like an entirely black background, but this like the whole circus is blue and it like envelops Hellboy. And I think it just looks awesome. I
0: agree. And then I think with, with this great page that's so cinematic, the idea of him popping out that his red and his jacket And that slow zoom through all of that blue to that close-up of his eyes is so awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, then he's, like, confronted by the uh, ringleader uh, who's basically like, hey, you look like a freak. You want a job? He's like, I got (laughs) one. Um, Where are the kids? Um, They're like, oh, we'll show you where the kids are. And they, you know, of course, like, the ghosts try to just, like, overwhelm him and envelop him in them. And, like, they turn into this, like, crazy whirling spire of like ghostly things that are all dragging him down into the earth
0: so cool Um,
1: (laughs) yeah and the like face of the ringleader transforms from like pretty much normal clown looking guy into like this grotesque like the mouth opens up a little bit more and like his eyes are angry and shit and like Hellboy is getting dragged into the earth. His like fist goes down into it. Uh, and he like pulls out the thing that Liz told him to get. And, and his like only his fist is like down below the earth, like where the where the rest of the like haunted carnival has yeah. gone. And he drops this thing like almost like a grenade. And Liz activates it with her powers from where she's standing, like kind of far away. And it opens and blows these ghosts up (laughs) sending and knocks Hellboy back. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, uh, the blast had no effect on me. And Liz gives him like, it was a specter bomb, specially designed for apparitions. If you'd show up to more tech briefings, you'd know that, (laughs) which is like some fun little like character banter. And I love this, like how this is written. Um, the next panel with Hellboy and Abe, my hand, if it, it fit in the portal perfectly, like a glove, and Abe says like a key. So yeah, I I you get the impression that they're still kind of figuring Hellboy yeah. out, and Abe sort of picks up on that where he's like, yeah, like you know, it fit perfectly like a key. So it's like just a cool little exchange for them, and I just think it's written well. Like it feels organic and natural to have that as a conversation, but it's still like fucking badass and cool.
0: I agree. And I'm like these last yeah. moments are very cool too, I think, leading up to the very last phrase. Because they're checking in on Liz and I love that. She's like they this cold, yeah. they killed all these children, Abe, and I burden them into nothingness. And then Abe just checks in with I love this last image of Abe with his masks off. I love the detail. Yeah.
1: He's got like interesting scales. Like he's got very small fish scales that we can see. Like I guess like Mignola doesn't really make him super scaly all the time. Like he's almost like a smooth amphibian to me. Like he doesn't give him, he like gives him a little texture, but in his like Mignola way where it's like implying, you know, he'll draw two bricks on a wall and you know that it's a huge brick wall. He sort of does that with Abe's scales, but it is cool to see this artist depict his scales kind of like, Still not entirely covering his face. It's not like he draws every individual scale, but he draws a little bit more than Mignola typically does. And it just looks awesome.
0: Oh, it is really awesome. I agree. And I like that he calls back yeah. what the ghost said to him. He's just like, I've got the face of a broken gargoyle. Yeah, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, great. I, I just love this one. This is probably my favorite one that we've read so uh, far. I'm
0: with you there. That that. And Midnight yeah. Cowboy are the two of my tops. But this,
1: this one's awesome. Just like the art is awesome. The writing's awesome. Like this is really converting me to like a John Cassidy fan. Um,
0: I would highly suggest then um, if you haven't read, um, you should pick up his, Astoni- he did the art for Josh Whedon's Astonishing X-Men.
1: Oh, then I have seen oh. him then. Cause I, I have read that and it's, oh, yeah, it's that makes beautiful. sense. And then,
0: Planetary, which was written by Warren Ellis, one of my favorites.
1: Planetary, I've never it's, read
0: that. It's a, I think it's a must-read. It's so interesting. I'll
1: do um, it. And his,
0: and then yeah, Cassidy's art, and there's plenty more out there, but those are the I think good jumping off points. Um, for you. Awesome, to, man! To, Thank too. you. And I just, I love. I'm back to that last moment where he like says the gargoyle thing. It made me really think of yeah. like from the first Guillermo del Toro movie, it made me think of that line where he's like, he says to Liz, like, I can't get rid of this. And, and like sort of gestures at his face where it's just that yeah. kind of charm that gar- that he has where he sort of has like his weaknesses, understanding that he's not human, but also accepting of it at the same time. Like that's his one, like his real vulnerability right there. And then I like that. Yeah. Uh, about and I think Cassidy just caught that. I think this really comes from like an artist, John Cassidy. I feel like you get an understanding of like someone that truly loves and has read like almost all of the Hellboy stuff to that point.
1: Yeah. You I, I just yeah, you get the feeling that he really understands these characters. Yeah. Uh, super well. I yeah. love it. And I
0: think my favorite panel, to be honest, is that first initial shot of Hellboy walking out of the the helicopter and saying I hate, uh, I hate the circus. I just yeah. the establishment of John Cassidy's Hellboy is gorgeous, and I love his hooves. I just think the hooves
1: so cool. I, like, uh, yeah,
0: he just he makes me go. I wish that that look would be put into a movie, <laughs> like that yeah. established. Hooves. I also
1: love, dude. I also love that. So like, he says he hates the circus, which is like something that I think a lot of artists might have him say, but then he does justify it too. He's like, they find the freaks of the world and make them feel ashamed like animals. So like in a really brief way, he justifies his like what somebody else might insert into the comic as like a quippy thing. Like, Oh boy, I hate Mondays. You know, like it feels like very not, not like a super deep statement until he justifies it, which makes it like have such a better impact and makes him more believable and human to like just add those like two additional sentences. I agree. Um, rather than just be like him grumbling, like uh, he's not just a curmudgeon. He's like got a totally compassionate reason for hating the circus. It's it's like a really cool. It's just well written and well drawn. It's so. Funny. I agree.
0: It- and this is a dumb example, but it reminds me of like you watch two Indiana Jones movies and you know that Indiana Jones hates snakes. Right. We all find it a very fun quirk, yeah. and like Aha, this hero hates snakes. But then you love it. You love yeah. it in Last Crusade when you see the day that he decided he hated snakes, which was him trying to get away from some people and on a, a circus, a circus train of all things. Very, uh, very yeah. in tune with what we're reading. And it's very fun to see like, you know, him fall into a pits of snakes and deal with giant snakes. So you, you, get like a understanding and justification for Indiana Jones hating. So it's great to hear what you said, what you've already said, that, ver- that quick verbalization of like, Oh, we get it. I love it. Yeah. Just remind yeah. me of Indiana Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah, Totally.
0: It's very fun. Yeah, I ugh, I love John Cassidy. I would like I if you you mentioned in the last episode how like oh I wouldn't get this like one of the stories I think it was haunted. You're like I wouldn't put this on a poster on my wall. I'll be honest, if I was hanging things on my wall, or I wish I would love to have like that some of this John Cassidy art specifically that Hellboy yeah. the first panel. I love. I would hang that up. The thing's yeah. gorgeous.
1: <laughs> totally. 100%. It's
0: just like fine. I love I love a comic book artist who still feels like he's in the medium. But they, I mean, Alex Ross is a lot of this, but like when they sort of define yeah. it, it feels like fine art, but it doesn't lose the quality yeah. of being very uh, comic book-esque.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, yeah, those were cool. I like them. I love that John Cassidy. Yeah. Everybody should read more about him.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to do yeah. it. To read Planet. Oh, uh, yeah. Read.
0: I have the Omnibus if you ever want to borrow it. But they might be but they Ooh. might all be on hoopla you gotta check out those online sources oh yeah but that's it any last thoughts about anything we read or covered today Kate okay.
1: definitely you know the the quality of these goes like up and down and there's like parts that I like and don't like about them but like overall there I haven't disliked any of them super strongly like I think that they're all worth reading and are super fun editions you know even you know them being non-canonical makes sense. So it's just like you don't have to put a ton of weight into them and you can just like enjoy these other artists' interpretation of the character. I think
0: it's super great. I'm with you 100% there. I don't have anything to add other than I, I'm with you on that. Very up and down yeah. and all that. But um, we want to hear from all of you out there, listeners. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these three stories from Weird Tales or anything else we've covered. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Uh, We will, uh, of course, as we've done before, we'll cover your emails that you send us on an Oh Boy email. And you can follow us on Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast, Twitter at awcraphellboy. And please go on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review that starts with the word boom, and we'll give you a shout-out right here on the show. Even if you'd give us a review on another platform and it starts with boom and it's a five-star rating, Hell, we'll, we'll we'll give you a shout-out and read your review right here on the show. That helps yeah. us get more listeners to us. So we thank you for that. Hope you're all doing great and safe and sane during these crazy times. Yeah. Keep washing your hands. Keep being socially <laughs> distanced. Everything that will help the world be better and get through this in the best way. I don't have any more to say other than thank you again for listening. And remember...
1: We love you. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, I think delivery. my oatmeal just delivered. Good timing. The new bag was still? No, I used the old Oh, it. you used the old boats. The old boats? So, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, I'll cut that moment out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scooby, Scooby, we're just going to talk about we're just going to talk about the comics. Do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Will Hines and Kevin Hines, performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and actual brothers talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise, screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. Campfire.